Hello, my friends. We're back together again for another Sunday message. I pray that you're all well. I pray that you're all staying safe, following the precautions that we all have. Today, what I'd like to do is talk about one of the blessings and one of the privileges that we have in our faith in Christ. Our scripture lesson today is just one verse in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. Peter said, It was to this that God called you, for Christ himself suffered for you and left you an example so that you would follow in his steps. Once we become members of God's family and participators in his church, and those are two different things. They're two very important things. We become members of God's family by calling on the name of Jesus. That doesn't necessarily make us participators in a church, though. And this is more than just coming to church and sitting and listening to a message and singing a hymn. That's all fine and great. But this is the church being the church outside of the building. This is loving people the way God loves us. This is sharing burdens and providing for those less fortunate as best as we can. These are examples of being participators in his church. And we learn from the Holy Spirit and from one another about who and what God is. Developing a faith in Jesus is the beginning of our walk as called, equipped, and holy children of God. And this faith we speak of comes from God as a gift, and it makes us right with God according to Romans 10. Our faith in God leads to our salvation, and our salvation leads to our adoption into God's family. Now, those of us who are a little older learned the qualities and attributes of our earthly parents. We watch their ways. We learn from them. Some of those qualities and attributes may have been negative and some worthy of reproducing in our lives. What we don't always have control over, I believe, is the ability to make those good qualities from our parents part of who and what we are and avoid the negative ones. We tend to learn both the good and the bad, and I think a lot of people tend to reproduce both of those in their lives. When we come to know God as our Heavenly Father, He provides us with His perfect and very beneficial qualities and helps us to make them part of our lives. So we have this process of being renewed by the living word. This is Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. It's taking the garbage that the world puts in our minds and replacing it with the truths of who and what God is according to Scripture. It's removing the qualities within us that are contrary to a life in Christ and giving us God's qualities to guide our lives. Well, let's talk about our perfect example. How do we know anything about God? The answer is look at Christ. How do we know the mind of God? Well, look at Christ. Finally, how do we know the teachings of God? Same, look at Christ. Jesus stated that if anyone knows him, then that person also knows the Father in John 14. This means that we need only study Jesus' attributes and qualities to understand the heart and the mind of God. Now, Peter stated in today's lesson that Jesus has provided us an example for all that we need to know in this life. The Holy Spirit brings into our hearts the ways of Jesus. Now, another way of saying this is that God grows us up in Christian character. The word character means a couple of interesting things. It means the peculiar qualities impressed by nature or habit on a person which distinguish him from others. These constitute real character and the qualities which he's supposed to possess constitute his estimated character or reputation. Hence, we say a character is not formed when the person has not acquired stable and distinctive qualities. That is a definition for you. 
Notice that these qualities are impressed on a person. The word character comes from another word that actually means to physically engrave, to impress, or inscribe something onto something else. And so our character is, is built in us. It's impressed upon us by our experiences and those who shape those experiences. So the greatest character we can possess is that which comes from the greatest one who can impress that character upon us, and that's Jesus. The process of renewing our minds in Romans 12 and verse 1, it's a slow and sometimes painful process of scraping away the qualities and attributes of the sinful world and replacing them with the character of God himself. This takes faith on our part to allow the Holy Spirit to dig to the depths of our hearts and bring to the surface those things that do not belong in the heart and mind of an adopted child of God. If you're listening to this and you are in Christ, you are an adopted child of God. And this is the topic of Psalm 139, the last two verses of Psalm 139. You might know this. It says, examine me, O God, and know my mind. Test me and discover my thoughts. Find out if there is any evil in me and guide me in the everlasting way. Now the word examine in the Greek means to intimately examine to the point of penetrating deeply. God penetrates deeply into our hearts. He examines the contents. Then he brings to our knowledge those qualities and characteristics that need to be dealt with. It's by Jesus' example that the qualities and attributes that are consistent with being a child of God are made known to us. Well, let's talk about God's qualities for our lives. Peter stated in our lesson today that we need to follow in Jesus' footsteps regarding his character and qualities. Now, in order to do that, we need to know more about those qualities, right? So that we can make them part of our daily lives. For help with this, we turn to 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. Paul said, Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but be an example for the believers in your speech, your conduct, your love, your faith, and your purity. Now, Timothy was a chosen leader in the early church, and he was a young man. Being young, I got to say, sometimes is a downfall for a preacher because a congregation can assume that youth does not produce Christian maturity. But age has nothing to do with being mature in Christ. Faith put into action does. Paul told Timothy that there were five basic qualities that his character needed to possess to demonstrate to the world that he was a godly person. He could be an example of God's presence and love by exhibiting these five qualities that Jesus possesses. You and I can be examples of God's presence and love by exhibiting these same qualities. So the first thing Paul mentioned was speech. And by speech, Paul was talking about what Timothy would say rather than how he would say it. Here we're talking about familiar language, the same type of language that Jesus used when he taught, familiar language that he would use that would ease the minds of those to whom he was preaching. Jesus used everyday language when he taught. He, he, he didn't have to. He could have used words that no one understood, but what would the purpose be? What would the benefit be? He didn't seek to glorify himself, Jesus, with what would have been an incredible vocabulary. He sought to meet the needs of all who came to him, and so used language that all could understand and appreciate, showing his humility and his love for them. The next quality Paul mentioned is conduct. This speaks to how we do something in public and in private. I think a lot of people are concerned about how they're perceived in public, but private life, mm, sometimes it's a totally different thing. 
Our conduct should show to whom we belong and from whom we receive our influence. Jesus is our Lord if he's also our influence. In other words, if the things we do in our lives are based on the character and leading of Jesus, then he's our Lord. Otherwise, the things we do in our lives will show the influence of someone else or something else. Next, Paul said love. Love is the central act that should flow from every believer. It's a driving force for what sent Jesus to the cross and the driving force for allowing such sinful and disobedient people as we are to have salvation. It should therefore be the driving force for all that we do to all in our midst. Next is faith. Now, faith is very closely related to love in its purpose and its power. It's our faith that activates our union with God through Jesus. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6 says, For when we are in union with Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor the lack of it makes any difference at all. What matters is faith that works through love. It's our faith that keeps us on that safe and self-controlled place when the trials and the tribulations hit. This becomes our witness without words to the world around us. Finally, Paul mentioned purity. What marks our motives in our hearts? Why do we do the things that we do? Are we seeking that we receive glory or validation from others when we do good for others? Purity of heart is a matter of allowing the Holy Spirit to be the guide of our lives. Being pure means that there is no sin built up in our hearts to interfere with God's ability to flow through us to touch this world. So those are the five qualities that Jesus possesses that he wants us to possess. And we can do so by letting the Holy Spirit guide our lives and by daily increasing our faith in Christ and relying on him. Let's conclude. We have the privilege of acquiring God's very character and qualities when we submit our lives to the lordship of Jesus. His mind becomes our mind. His heart becomes our heart. We become renewed from the inside out and become walking examples of the real love and quality of our Lord and Savior to a lost and dying world. We are called to be beacons of hope and light, to bring the gospel message to those around us. Not only are we tremendously blessed by this experience, but countless others over time are also blessed as they see Jesus in us. Well, there you go. Something to think about and pray about, something to meditate over, something to activate it if it hasn't been and to continue if it has. This is one of the privileges we have for being children of God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the love that you have for us, for the love that you give us, that love that sent Jesus to that cross to take our place, to take our, our sins upon him, to destroy the power and consequences of that sin. Lord, we just ask that you would lead us daily, that our hearts and minds would be open to your presence and your leadership. And during this uncertain time with this COVID-19 virus, Lord, we just ask that you would keep us safe as we observe the precautions that we've been given, Lord. We just ask that this virus would leave in the name of Jesus, would come to an end. We lift up those who are at high risk for various reasons. We ask, it's particular, we ask that they be protected. And Lord, we give you this time. We thank you, Lord, for your message. We thank you for your love. And we do all these things in your holy name. Amen. All right, my friends, take care. Until next time.